Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf HaShavua as we study Mesech HaShivamos, this week studying Daf Vav. I want to dedicate today's shir, Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Meir Zlatowicz. Today is his yard site. Rabbi Zlatowicz is helping us get through Mesech HaShivamos. That is an exact quote from an email that I received earlier this week from one of our members. He said he was able to make it through Tanis Megillah Moi Katan. Rosh Hashanah, the Masechus that we've studied for Dafa Shavua, Masechus Chagiga, until the last parak, without using Art Scroll. And what he noticed by using Art Scroll for Masechus Chagiga was not just an understanding of the very difficult Agadic section, Kabbalistic section, but by looking at the footnotes, a breadth of Torah knowledge. And now continuing with Masechus Yavamos with that assist. So I want to mention that in our generation, we had the schus of having someone like Rabbi Zlatowicz who was able to make Gemara accessible to so many. For those that already had the skills of Talmud Torah and Torah Shabbat Peh to go even deeper and wider. And it's true in so many of the other works that Art Scroll continues to put out under the great leadership of Rabbi Zlatowicz's son, Gedalia Zlatowicz. Let me begin the shir with the Meseches Yuvamas issue, and then we're going to move within Meseches Yuvamas to a couple of other Halachalamasa issues, as this year is Halachalamasa. You see, right now we're in the midst of the major Shasugya of Ase Dochelosase. It's true that Yibum comes in to this discussion, or Ase Dochelosase really was a sidebar from something going on within the realm of Yibum and Chalitza, but it now dominates a number of Dapim Gemara. And then within the Asei Dochelos Asei, we have a number of other fundamental Shas Sugyos. Today we're going to touch on, hopefully, on two of them. The idea of what happens if your parent tells you to Rahmal Islam, violate the Shabbos, not to make Aliyah, not be involved in any type of Mitzvah bin Adam al-Makam as well as Kedushas Beis HaMikdash, and its relevance, even if one is living in Teaneck, New Jersey, and does not have a base on Megdash extant, is not in Yerushalayim, how does this halacha of Moiras HaMikdash apply? But just to give you one piece that's a straight connection to Yavamos, I've been involved, especially the last month or so, even before, at the outset of the pandemic, in trying to figure out how can we marry off couples? Our general approach is not to delay weddings. If anything, we move up a wedding. There are situations, unfortunately, where it's necessary, where it has been necessary, and chas we don't want to judge anyone. But if at all possible, we want to make a wedding take place. How do you do a wedding? There was a time that we weren't supposed to even have a minion involved. Are you allowed to do a, a wedding without a minion? What happens today? Even though some people are under the impression that we're post-COVID, we know we're not post-COVID. We did a wedding last week, the first time I was in Masada Kedushin at Keta Torah in many months, outside, on the porch. And we set it up in a certain way. Both sides were extremely thrilled in Baruch Hashem. They're uh, finishing up the Sheva Brachos now. So someone asked me the question in the shir, what does a Yibum wedding look like? If you remember, we discussed that on a Torah level, once the Zika, once the relationship is created, between the surviving brother, the one who's going to end up being the Yavam, and the Yavama, 
the woman who passed away, then by having Bia, by having relations, there's a full marriage that is uh, Chal. A full marriage takes place. Chazal came along, and this is spelled out in the Rambam in Perak Sheni Halacha Aleph. We're jumping ahead a bit because it's in a Gemara that's going to be found later in Yavamas and Daf Nun Beis, that Chazal put into effect something that's basically a facsimile of the typical marriage situation where before Hash Sinai, you could just pick up someone in the street, that's the first Rambam Hilchas Ishus, and the, the two could meet and get married. There was a process that was instituted at Sinai that's called Erison slash Kiddushin. So we have a parallel to that in Hilchas Yibum Chalitza that is called Ma'amar. So that's as far as the engagement. How about the wedding? That was the question I was asked. So if we could find a situation where a Yibum wedding would take place, and we already discussed whether Halacha Lamasa, this would apply today, the teaching of Abashol, the lack of sincerity that would uh, supersede the halachas of Yibum and therefore would generate chalitza, but it could be that a situation where Yibum would be relevant. So the Rambam in Perik Sheni Halacha Bey says, Kashem Shehu Mekadesh is Yivimto, Kachu Mevarach Birchas Nisuin Ba'asara, Vekosev Ksuba Kedin Kol Nose Isha. The Rambam's going out of his way to point out that it's a full fledged wedding ceremony as far as the rituals are involved. Whether this goes beyond to be etc., in around 40 weeks or so or more, we'll come back to this discussion. The Gemara raised the possibility that perhaps Kibbutz Abba'in would supersede listening to the Rebona Shalom as far as the observance of Shabbos. Whether we'd be dealing with a Chi of Karis or more likely if we're dealing with a, a non-Chi of Karis relating to the Isurim of Shabbos. And the Gemara's conclusion is this is not going to work because of the very famous Pasuk, Ish imo v'aviv tiro kulchen if there's a conflict between parents and the Rebona Shalom, we would wish that this conflict wouldn't exist. But if it does exist, then the kavod, the respect for the ultimate father in heaven, is going to supersede one's parents down here on earth. And this is a great opportunity to discuss this topic, this sugya, it manifests itself in a number of ways on this staff. We'll see how much we're able to accomplish this week, and we'll have a chance next week as well, <clears throat> maybe to finish up some of the issues of what happens with Morab and Migdash and how that ties into the Avoda that we're going to find on Daf Zion. Now, in general terms, what we're being introduced to here is the possibility that different mitzvahs conflict with each other. Because at the end of the day, the mitzvah of Kibbutz Avaim is also a mitzvah, Bein Adam Lamakom. And then we have the mitzvah of Bein Adam Lamakom of listening to the will of Hashem. Unless one would suggest that if your parents are telling you to do something that is inappropriate, it doesn't even resonate as a conflict. Now, some of this will actually depend 
in understanding the nature of the mitzvah of Kibbutz Aim. There's actually a machlokas, this goes a little bit more into Tamiha mitzvah. So the Sefer Achinuch says it's all based on Akaras Atov. It's a, really a Benal Machavero aspect. You have gratitude for what your parents have accomplished, have given you, and the fact that you're able to be raised in a productive way. The Ramban is of the position that the dominant force has really been because your parents are the Bali Masora. So one could argue that the conflict really only exists if we're following the sheet over here of the Sefer Achinah, because obviously in a situation of the Ramban, you're not going to listen to your parents if they're not fulfilling the Masora. But putting that theory aside, we clearly have this conflict. Now, I just want to give you an interesting link of how this ties in directly to Maseches Yavamas, to the Yavamas issue. And this is actually something that comes up at the end of Maseches Ksubos. I didn't see the Rishonim, the Achronim here pointing this out, but I thought it was a natural link. The Gemara at the end of Maseches Ksubos is talking about the value of Eretz Yisrael. On our Gemara also, we have certain Havaminas that Mitzvahs would only apply in Eretz Yisrael. What's happening in this situation is Hahu Gavra, this is on, in the middle of Kufiud Aleph, Amad Aleph, Mseches Ksuvis, Hahu Gavra de Nafla Le Yivama Be Choza. is the name of a place in Bavel. And there's an individual who's living in Eretz Yisrael. Let's call him Ruvain. And his brother, Shimon, who is married to Sarah, dies in Chutzlaretz. Ruvain never had a child, and therefore we have a match. But in order for this match to become a reality, Ruvain would have to go to Chutzlaretz. The assumption of this Gemara is that one is supposed to stay in Eretz Yisrael that there may be a chet associated with going to chutzlarts. So this individual comes to Rabbi Hanina. On one hand, there's Yibam. On the other hand, they're staying in Eretz Yisrael. Asla kamei to Rabbi Hanina. He comes to Rabbi Hanina. Amar le Rabbi Hanina says to him, stay in Eretz Yisrael. He says, why would you go to chutzlarts? Your brother married a kusi, a kusis. Now his brother didn't marry a kusis, but the Gemara earlier established that living in Chutzlaretz is as if you're, you've uh, surrendered your Jewish ways. Incredible Gemara. And he says, Baruch HaMakam Shaharago. It's hard to even translate that. Your brother deserved to die, according to this Gemara. And you're going to go after him? Now, if you look into the Rambam, in Hilchos Malachim, the Rambam says that you're allowed to go to Chutzlaretz in order to marry someone. And remember, we established that this is a full marriage, Yibam, established in the beginning of this year. It even has the pomp and ceremony of a wedding. The Ram says in Hilchas Molach and Perakei Halacha Asr Latseis Me'eretz Yisrael, Luchutz Laretz La'olam, and then it has exceptions, Talmud Torah, Lisa Isha. But then the Rambam says there, Vayach Zalaretz, the goal is to return to Eretz Yisrael. So maybe what's happening here in the Gemara is the brother Ruvain was going to stay where Sarah lived. I just wanted to raise that possibility. It's a great introduction to our daf, when we have conflicts between mitzvos. But a more particular case over here 
is where there's a conflict between a parent and a child. And I'm going to come back in, towards the end of this year to get back to the Eretz Yisrael topic. To jump right into the Shulchan Aruch, you find these halachas of a conflict between parents and the Rebona Shalom, using the child as the instrument, if we could present it that way. In Shulchan Aruch, this is in the Yeridea section, where we find the halachas of Kibbut Avaim, Simon Reish Mem. The specific application to Shabbos, I'll probably hold off until next week. But I want you to take note of a very important Rashi, the Rashi that we have on the Daf that quotes a Gemara Masech Zara that talks about why the observance of Shabbos is so fundamental. And if a person doesn't observe Shabbos, they're linked to a person being an Oved Avodah and I have what to say whether that would apply today. But assuming this applies to all mitzvot, which is the way that it's formulated in the Shulchan Aruch, and the Rambam as well, but we're just jumping right to the Shulchan Aruch, Reish Mem Tes Vav, Amralo Aviv, Lavor al divrei Torah, bein mitzvah bein mitzvah losaseh, vafilo mitzvah shel divrehem. So this applies to drabbanans as well. Lo yishma lo, a child does not listen to the parent in this situation. Our Gemara, as well as Gemara above Metzia, are the key sources for this topic. Now there is a discussion as far as minhagin. What happens if a parent says to a kid, "I don't want you wearing a garto." or other types of minhagim, it's going to be a little bit less um, clear. When there's situations where you could go one way or the other, then it's not necessarily a conflict between the Rebbe Shalom and parents. Where things get a bit more complex, and I'm just giving you from something that I've seen, unfortunately, too often, before we're going to come back to the Aliyah piece, which relates to Al-Gumar as well, is an area of Ben Alma Havera. What's most well known is Shabbos. Your parent tells you to violate Shabbos. You don't listen to the parent. We're not talking here about your parent tells you to you do a Chumrah on Shabbos. But what happens if, you, if your parent tells you not to do a Chumrah? But if a parent tells you to turn on a light on Shabbos, you don't listen to them. Get in the car, you don't listen to them. How you don't listen to them could also be done with respect. You don't have to slap them in the face. But what's more complex is actually found in the next sif in the Shulchan Aruch, Yardea, Hilchos Kibadava Aim Simon Reish Mem. Unfortunately, something that I see too often, Ha'av Shetziva Espino Shaloyudaber and Ploni. If a parent commands a child not to speak with someone else, or Vishlo Yimcholo Adzman Katsuf, not to be Mochel this person, Vahaben Hayerotzalis Bayas Miyad. If not for the tzavos of it, if not for the command of the father, the child would be ready for reconciliation. Ain lo lachush l'tzavosa. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins, you do not listen to your parent. Look into the Shulchan Aruch, Reish Mem, Tezayin. What's more challenging, of course, is where you have a conflict between parents. And this is brought down in the Pischei Tshuva, a very tragic case. Reish Mem Sifkaton Yudalid where a parent says to the child, I don't want you saying Kaddish for your mother. Can you imagine? Well, this is the case that's brought down. It was a real tshuva. The Pisgah tshuva brings down real questions that were asked, gives the sources for it. He says, you don't listen. And it's interesting, the reason he says you don't listen, not that there's even a mitzvah to say Kaddish. This is not a situation where there's a real conflict between the will of Hashem and the will of a parent. 
There's no mitzvah out there to say Kaddish. It's traditional to say Kaddish. Whether even you would call it a minhag is an interesting question. That's not the driving force, according to the Pisgah Tshuva. There is a mitzvah that is at conflict. Because your parent, by telling you not to say Kaddish for another parent, is violating the mitzvah. And what the Pisgah Tshuva is actually saying is that by you not saying Kaddish, you're causing your father to sin. I think it's obvious that you would be sinning as well because we have to recha would apply to a parent if the parent would want you to say Kaddish. And the general concept of Kaddish in particular, although we're not focusing so much on Kaddish, is that you're doing something to benefit the neshama of your loved one, which I think would apply if not to Kibbut Ava'im or as a specific mitzvah relating to a tzivoy of the parent, then we have to recha kamacha. The Gemara tells us we have this in Masechtas Ketanos, in one of the Masechtas Ketanos, that Vyahapti Recha Kamocha applies to family members as well. People think it only applies outside the family, but if it applies outside the family, it applies to husbands and wives, parents and children, children and parents, etc. So these are some of the very relevant topics, Halach Lamaisa, with the conflict. I'll just give you another one. I want to spend a few minutes with Eretz Yisrael. The Shulchan Aruch in Yerdea. <clears throat> what an incredible simon of the Shulchan Aruch deals with another conflict so much of this simon deals with conflict situations if everybody would just do what their parents uh, want and if parents would just tell their kids to follow the Derech Hashem and to make the good choices there wouldn't be issues but what happens if a father tells a kid or a mother tells a kid I don't want you to marry this individual the Ramah says, You don't have to listen to your father. And he quotes, the source over here is the Marik Shoresh Kof Zayin. The Gra, right here, Sif Katan Lamed Vav, gives three reasons. He says, first of all, you're going to be de- delaying a mitzvah. Child's going to delay the mitzvah. And he may never find the person who he wants because we generally love who we want to be with. Second reason he gives is if you don't have to spend your own money, then you don't have to break your own heart, which is a little bit complicated for now. And then he gives a third reason as well. But I would just focus right now on the first mitzvah, that everyone has the, the first reason of the grah is that everyone has the option and is part of the mitzvah to marry who they want to marry not who your parent is telling you to marry or not to marry. I just wanted to leave you with a pretty common shayla where a parent says to a child, I know you love Eretz Yisrael, I raised you to love Eretz Yisrael, but I want you to stick around. I prohibit you from making aliyah. Sometimes it's said explicitly, sometimes it's implicit. And obviously every case is different. You know, this question I saw raised many years ago, Rav Matis Bloom, who passed away this year, he was a Talmud of Rav Pam, and he has a Sefer, Torah Ladas, on Hilchas Kibbutz I can't find that Sefer. And he talks about how Rav Pam brought down from one of the Achronim how there's really no conflict because the parent could make Aliyah as well. Again, it's not always uh, possible, but... You can't say that this is even a conflict, going back to what we're saying. It's not an inherent conflict, because the parent can make Aliyah, and the child can continue to serve him or her there. The basic approach of most of the postgame on this 
is that the child is absolutely not required to listen to the parent and should make Aliyah. There's a very interesting piece from the Tzitz Eliezer, Rebbe Eliezer Waldenberg, in Chelek Yud Aleph. It was a siyam that he made on Maseches Ksubis, where a lot of these issues of Eretz Yisrael, as I pointed out, are raised. And he brings down for many, many Roshonim. This is discussed by the Marami Rudenberg in his Shalos Ayin Tess. I give you many sources on this. Very famous is the Shalos Shuba of the Mabit in Aleph Kuflam Tess, as well as many others. Ada Yomazeh This is a clear conflict between the will of Hashem and the will of a parent. And even if you hold that making Aliyah is not a mitzvah, you know, the Ramban says explicitly in Bamidbar that it's a mitzvah. To the Rambam, it's not a chiyuv, but it's still a kiyum. So most would assume this is whether you're following the Ramban or even the Rambam. But there is another position. And the other position is actually mentioned by the Tzitz Eliezer. And incredibly, it's actually a parish on Chumash of the Panam Yafos. You find this in the Panam Yafos, Barashas Parakid Beis. The Panam Yafos was a... <coughs> Contemporary of the Nod of Yehuda, Repinchas ben Rav Tzvi Hirsch Alevi Haaretz. This is the 18th uh, century in Poland. And he wants to bring from Chumash a proof that when it comes to Aliyah from one's parents, it's not so simple. What's the proof? Avram Avinu was told specifically Lechacha Me'artzacha. But if he hadn't been told, if he wasn't told, then maybe the mitzvah of kibbutz Ave'im is so strong that you would have to stick with your parent. And he brings this down, la halacha, and there are other poskim who do as well. It's the minority view, but I wanted to raise it as something for you to consider. So again, here we are in Meseches Yivamos, in the middle of the sugya of Ase Dochalos Ase, and we had a full analysis today of the mitzvah of Ish Imo Aviv Tirau. But what happens when it comes to a conflict with the Rebbe